Porch Talk coming at you tonight. I'm here tonight with you. This is Al, and I'm here with Cobb. And this is the AC blowing deeply in the background. Here we are tonight giving you the best Bruce buffer that we could offer up. We're gonna come at you in every different angle that we could possibly fighting Here we go, it's another episode of Porch Talk. Alexa! Give us the video. Next question. Uh, Khabib, uh, Floyd Mayweather issued a warning to you saying that Connor doesn't fear anyone. What do you say to Floyd Mayweather? I am the Floyd Mayweather in MMA. Ma, 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 ma. Shut your mouth, man. You're a door box. You're absolutely dirt. You deceit. Your last fight was embarrassing. Your last fight right now, was right now, embarrassing. I am most we were laughing in the Brooklyn and locker room. We were laughing in the right cell now. in Brooklyn. This yeah. is my third fight in the last Should nine months. You know, and 26 and all, never lose round. And I don't know what this guy talking about. I don't understand what he gonna do 6 October. He think whiskey gonna help him? <laughs> I don't understand. Oh, yes. N next question. Uh, Khabib, uh, Connor says he's ready for your ground... Um, for your ground game, what have what have you seen out of uh, what Connor can do? On the I have ground? a question for you. What do you think? Ooh. I'm not the fighter you are. What have you no, seen out of Connor's think? ground game? <laughs> I think I'm gonna make him tired and after play with him, because when he tired, he always give up. He don't like. He's like he's like when you go to the he move to box and he tap there. You know, like you know, like. When someone punch you like 10... You tap the bus window, kid. You tap the bus window. Three times. You tap the little... Stop the stop the bus. You tap four times. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? You tap three... You tap three, four times. You tap four times. So what? I'll tap your head off the canvas, kid. You tap like chicken. I'll tap your head off the canvas. Next question. Gentlemen. Khabib. Assalamu alaikum. And Connor, congrats on proper 12. Thank you, sir. Could we uh, get an official prediction on the fight? Uh, you cannot say salam alaikum and congrats about whiskey. Ooh. <laughs> Slap on them. Do something about it. Ooh, cultural. What are you going to do about yeah. that? Is that the disrespect in it? Do something, then I just shut your mouth. Feel you. Ooh. Let's Ooh. Backwards, Thanks, Connor. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Assalamu alaikum alaikum. From the two of you, could we get an official prediction on the fight? Domination, his head bouncing off the canvas. <laughs> All his pony talk is gonna be put on blast Another October sixth. Do you have a round in mind? As long as it takes. I believe one. He's a glass jaw. The Chechens, the Chech my Chechen friends, the Vinaki soldiers, they told me that they have chicken jaws in Dagestan. <laughs> and I believe them because I know a glass jaw when I see one. And I've seen this man wobble many times. I've seen his brother sparked unconscious in another promotion. I know he is afraid of a smack. And if you're afraid of a smack off me, a smack will feel like a double barrel shotgun. So I believe the inside the force. But I have been wrong before. I will be prepared for five rounds. You're looking at a fighting veteran. I've came through it all. I've been through it all. I've been on both sides of the world. I've been on the boxing side and I've been on this side. I'm ready for any occurrence. But this man is a glass jaw bum. And I'm going to shatter him like that glass was shattered. May God have mercy on its soul on October 6th. Khabib, do you have a prediction? Or some of the things that I want to highlight first off is McGregor really knows how to 
market himself. He's a salesman. That's what he does. And so not only does he bring two belts out, he also brings his brand of whiskey out, which he is rivaling to Jameson. And just in case that didn't get through, he also brought a little sneak little boot inside his jacket so that he could make sure that he was going to market his brand. And so... Proper number 12. Proper 12. Why wouldn't you want to see Conor McGregor fight? I don't know. You you hate him, so you want to see him be, get beat up. Or you love him, you want to see him win. Right. And so Because it's trash talking. Yeah, and he is so good at that trash talk. We'll get into that in a little bit. But just, just back to his market, now, it goes so much deeper with that. He has delved into what backstage, like WWE, wrestling, and it, it, okay, there's a card tonight. I think I'll throw a dolly through the bus. Come on, Khabib. I want you. And one of the interviewers in the press conference brought this up. He was like, was that all for this? And they completely... Well, yeah, staged. yeah, it was it staged, and they, they all denied it. And then you heard McGregor kind of laughing in the background. Kind of makes you wonder. But I mean, what are you thinking about that? What are your thoughts on the the whole backstage in the parking lot? I don't think it was staged because three fighters got injured from it and they couldn't fight at the next pay per view. That's a big money loss to me. You advertising these fights, and now it ain't happening. We gotta find replacements. But do you think it was worth it long haul because of all the money that they'll make off versus could be versus McGregor? And just the name and the market that McGregor brings to the table. Was it worth these smaller cards that people unfamiliar with the UFC probably wouldn't really even be interested in? But when someone outside the UFC hears the name McGregor, Khabib, they know those names, I, I think. I mean, even I think, if you're not a fan. I think they know those names. I, I want to see. I think so. I, th- I think there's enough on social media and there's enough on YouTube and there's enough out there that you know. There's no way you don't know Conor McGregor's name. Yeah. <laughs> Live in a cave. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. If it was staged to go back, okay, months ago we threw a, <laughs> of all the things in a parking deck to th- throw through a bus, a dollar. And. By that, you injure a couple fighters and they're not eligible for the card. And now, uh, by McGregor's words, he's up to his gills or eyeballs. In probation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> he, he's up to his eyeballs in cases. We were all wondering, well, is this the end of McGregor because he's not a legal citizen and he did a violent crime? Is he going to be out of the country? Obviously not. He's a superstar outside of this. Think about some of my... Other favorite fighters in the UFC. You like Nate Diaz? Uh, he's all right. I don't really keep up much UFC. It's Connor and Thug Rose. <laughs> Thug Rose. Yeah, I like Thug Brock Lesnar. Yeah. I'm a wrestling fan. He's coming back. Yeah. Yeah. So Brock Lesnar just lost his title in wrestling, and now he's slimmed up, and that he's making the move back to UFC now. Oh, what, a, what are you thinking about that? He's fighting Cormier. DC, no, it's DC. It's my, yeah, Daniel Cormier. Oh, so it's lined up. Yeah. And so it's also. Like next uh, January or something, I think, maybe. 
He's got to pass that USADA test first. He's always got a uh, serve out of suspension since he like his last fight went back to wrestling. So now he's back in UFC. And he's like, hey, you still got to serve this suspension. Yeah. I, I knew when he went back into wrestling, and then I saw that he had lost the belt. I was, I wonder what that's gonna mean. Yeah, because you you think of a formidable force like Brock Lesnar and the powerhouse that he is as far as attracting people. That that is someone that you want to kind of hold the spotlight for the belt for a while, and then he drops it, and now he's he's slimmed down and he looks a little bit different. He's got a bit of a beard. I thought he was gonna let him keep it. As a wrestling fan, try to get him come out with it on UFC, which wouldn't have happened. Right. Or just be like, hey, what if he does win this UFC belt? Our champion's also champion of this. Right. Yeah, I mean, you see the crossover. I mean, Ronda Rousey, yeah. she's crossed over. She's done really well in the wrestling world. At Rowdy Ronda. And I mean, yeah. uh, I don't really care about her reputation. And I mean, she has got the intro and it's... The, the only UFC music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The only thing I don't like about her on Get Up is like the whole makeup, man. She's oh, yeah. got like a whole like it's like five pounds of makeup on. It looks her like face. Black Swan to me sometimes. Yeah, it's a little much. But I'm gonna use Ronda Rousey friend, friend. <laughs> that don't know her at all. I wish it was friends. Ronda Rousey fan. Yeah, it'd be, yeah. Cool. It'd be cool if we were friends. <laughs> anyway, come sit on a porch stall. <laughs> That'd be pretty dope. All right, so with. Where the clip was, some of the things that I noticed and some of the things I've seen that weren't brought up was the fact that there were a whole lot of cultural and religious things up in the air. And the clip that we started the show with, it kind of captured it. Assalamu alaikum for you, for your victory, and also for Proper 12 Whiskey Brand McGregor. And Khabib was real quick towards... Uh, you cannot say assalamu alaikum and congratulate whiskey in the same sentence. And before that, <laughs> McGregor offered Khabib a drink of his whiskey. Yeah, and Dana White. He took yeah, his. Dana White took his. But this is another thing about the market and another reason why McGregor is really good at his craft is it's mind games. Yeah. Okay, so you see at the start of the press conference, it's 35 minutes long. If you go to watch it, at the start of it, Khabib was really unfazed by what McGregor was throwing. But right when he went to the spiritual and religious realm, Khabib, man. Began, yeah, Khabib got a little... Like it got under his skin. Exactly. That's what Connor does, mind games. And... That is what I like about Nate Diaz and that some of, and uh, Westbrook in the NBA. Yeah, is they don't mind being the heel. Yeah, would that be the term? Yeah, the bad guy. They they don't mind being the bad guy in this regard. Yeah. And so, you know what? I'm gonna offer you a glass of whiskey, and it's gonna be on YouTube. It's gonna be on TV. It's gonna be on the radio, and we're gonna hear your response. It's making him famous. Yeah. <laughs> And then on top of that, later, we have this reporter or journalist that pops in. He's like, "Assalamu alaikum, Khabib, and congratulations on your whiskey, Connor. And Khabib lost it. And after Connor saw that, he continued to dig 
and dig and dig and dig and dig and and, I, and for those of you not really familiar with the Muslim or Islam religion, Islam is the religion and Muslims are the people that practice it. But they don't they don't drink. And so Connor knew that. So do you understand the 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 Damn. mind boggle that's going on right now? It's Connor crazy. is driving every dagger that yeah. he could possibly dig into Khabib. He is playing every single mind game that one could throw at Khabib. And at the end of the interview, you see that it's beginning to work. And especially, and you watch it last little bit as Khabib's walking off stage and Connor is uh, throwing, you know, complaints and talking crap about some of the some of Khabib's guys. He goes so far as to call him terrorist. <laughs> Dang. Okay, so Connor's got some pretty strong words about Islam. Yeah. And I just wanted to kind of bring that up because um, this is sports talk and we we like to talk about some of the cultural and just what's going on in pop culture. And I, I found that to be something that was interesting. And I haven't heard a whole lot of people cover that yet. And there's a lot going on. And Khabib took that high road, if you will. And yeah. this is the next topic is Khabib accused Connor of taking the Money versus taking legacy. And Khabib went so far to say this. I'm about legacy. You, you're for money. Uh, whatever. Connor sells. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's money, but that's also legacy to me. Yeah. Like It's both ends. If no one's watching, that ain't much of a legacy. And people are going to watch Connor McGregor. Because like we said at the beginning, love him or hate him, He's really good at marketing himself. And he doesn't really get off on if you love him or hate him. You're a fan regardless at this point because you know his name. But I mean, so far with High Road, and this is going to be our kickoff into college football, is if Khabib is going to take this High Road, and if he's going to take it in the name of Islam, we will not see the backlash that those who took the high road for Christianity, such as Tim Tebow. And that is all the time I'll give to that. So on into college football this weekend. And we haven't done college football in a couple of weeks, so I'm not so against talking about what's happened last week on top of this week. And a lot of people are saying that the Alabama Crimson Tide are ruining college football for this season. I haven't bought into that camp yet, and what little bit that you may have picked up is I am an Alabama fan, but I do believe in schedule. If you're going to say that Alabama is ruining college football and that they are completely dominant, I want you to take a look at who they have played and the success of these teams that they have played since they have played Bama. They don't have that great of a track record. Now, Bama, with their schedule, it does have something coming up. They have LSU and Death Valley in November. And they have Auburn at home. And those are the only two teams that I see on Alabama's schedule that are really going to be troubling for Bama. Let's start here. Alabama, Texas A&M. I do not think that Summerlin would have got the progression and the progress of Killing Mon that Jimbo Fisher got. Oh, that's like proving he, itself on your television. Every, He's good. Like, 
Sumlin went to Arizona, and supposedly their quarterback was awesome last year, and now he's just like mediocre. Yeah, he's, he's a dual threat, and he ain't so really much. running, from what I heard. Right. And so, props to Jimbo, and I know that they came into Brian Denny, and you know, a lot of people were up in areas, and you heard the fans at the end. You know, Jimbo was doing everything that he could do that last drive to score and make it look a little bit more presentable. But look, what you have to think is Jimbo is trying to make this loss as respectable as possible. It's his first year at A&M, and he said that this is his dream job. And so first game, second game, third game, the games that he's won, he's really made a point to blow the other opponent out. And when he lost to Clemson, yeah, that was a robbery. Yeah, that was – and, and I'm curious to see how if, – if if a call change would have been a little bit different, I wonder how it would have went. But we can't go back and look at this. It, it went down the way it went down, and we saw that how Jimbo lost his crap. I don't know how he didn't get thrown out. But A&M's not a bad team. I think he's going to be good there with those facilities and everything. Yeah, and yeah, not to mention yeah, A&M is really high tech on their athletic facilities right now. Don't give up on State just because they lost Kentucky either. Yeah. And by the way, have you seen some of the interviews with that Kentucky running back? No. <laughs> yeah, look that up, brother. He's really boastful. You know what he said so far? What? They ain't a defense in the country that can stop me. And he's not so much to give props to the offensive linemen and the guys in front yeah. of him that's doing some of the work for him. He's making it really about himself. Oh, that's messed up. <laughs> it all starts at the O line. Yeah, that's the very beginning of it. Yeah. <laughs> and so Auburn had Arkansas this weekend. And so as an Auburn fan, tell me a little bit more about that. Uh, most Auburn fans I've talked to so far disappointed. Yeah, it was disappointing. Arkansas is a a dumpster fire right now, and it was just slow beating them. They ended up being 34-3, I think, but it was disappointing. We barely got over, like, 100 yards rushing, I think. It was... That is the thing about watching Auburn football so far this season is y'all have not established, at least to me, who is going to be the workhorse in the running game. Y'all have, what, four running backs? No, it's pretty much three. It's, it's going to be Whitlow. Booby Whitlow. Then uh, the first string running back from the Washington game, he's pretty much third string now probably. Yeah. Cam Martin. Yeah. They got this little freshman. He's a quick little dude. Sean Shivers, I think he's Come second on, string. No, Booby's the first string. Booby is, okay. Just, just, I just, just Whitlow. I really like that nickname. Give Booby the ball. Yeah. I'm for it. ball that Washington. That is something that's been on my mind, and I could not believe what happened last week in Jordan Hare. Jordan Hare is the toughest place in college football to play. And, by the way, I... What in the world is going on in Baton Rouge? Is LSU good? I still think you're going to lose, like, four games. They're the biggest mystery. Yeah. It's like their quarterback's good, but he's not good. But he's good. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how old you're, Like, I was like, yeah, he'll be... He's going to get fired mid-season and then be like, well, wow, look at this. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Like, what, what is going on down in Baton Rouge right now? So, I don't know what's going to happen in Death Valley for Alabama. 
think LSU's one of those teams that's got a hard, like, three-game stretch coming up. They do. Auburn's got a hard three-game stretch as well. State has a hard three-game stretch. All right, so let's look outside of the SEC. And let's let's talk – we're week four in the football now. It'll be six weeks until we start seeing, like, you know, playoff projections. But who are the top four teams in your mind? Bama, way out front at number one. <laughs> Georgia, Clemson, and Ohio State. That's probably how they got it. I don't – Oklahoma with – Connor Murphy seems kind of dangerous, isn't it? Good game with who last night? Was Army? it Army? Yeah. yeah. And that's like we was, we was talking with T. Bummer yeah. earlier. It's like the thing you have to understand about a triple option. The triple option teams is you may only have the ball for 20 to 15 minutes for the whole game, okay? Because it's not uncommon for a team that is good at running triple option. They're going to p- possess the ball for 40 to 45 minutes of the game. They'll have 11-minute drives. And so when you have the ball, you better make the most of it. And I think that was a really good point. I mean, so yeah. uh, outside – That's boring. It, it is. Yeah, it, and it is boring. But, uh, this is their catch. They're not the most talented – you know, they, yeah. these aren't yeah. the exact top athletes either. And so they're, they're doing the best with what they have, and they do a good job with it. Yeah. I mean, we see a lot of it being a fan of 1A school – Around here, yeah, you just watch some high school football around this. You do, you do what you got. Yeah, that's all you can do. And so, outside of those top four, do you see any other teams that might be surprising to creep in? Like, maybe do you see like a Notre Dame or a Stanford or maybe Oregon. Michigan? But I think Oregon's maybe dangerous there. Oregon? Yeah. Their quarterback's like a Heisman candidate. I haven't watched like, Oregon yet. Hopeful, whatever. I mean, it, Stanford beat them. Never mind. <laughs> but, but once again, this, what does that mean? I mean, because we don't know yet. Oh, uh, Stanford and Notre Dame will meet up this weekend. Yeah. And maybe that'll give you a better tale of the tape. I don't know. And we'll have to see how things develop. And that's, that's the thing about schedules. Okay, say Bama has a weak schedule. Well, so far that has proved to be true, but some of these teams on the backside of the schedule have. I don't think really Texas A&M's up. weak. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think A&M's a weak I team. Think A&M I don't. will probably beat Auburn. I don't know about that. I don't see I don't know that. Where it's at. What about A&M versus LSU? I think it may be A&M. A&M versus LSU. A&M is that, that, I think that? A&M's real. Good. And that's the thing about the SEC West is who's weak besides Ole Miss and Arkansas. Arkansas. I mean, Vandy got a little. They're nice. Yeah, they got a little good defense. I mean, you saw that in Notre Dame. They gave yeah. Notre Dame a run for their money. And who knows if that's good? Trying to make it all so the we're still we're still young in this college football thing and. Uh, as, as the weeks play out, we're interested in seeing. So I don't think it's fair for people to say right now with this argument that Alabama is ruining college football. I don't think that Alabama is this 99 overall team yet. Now, everything that they've done thus far, I mean, two of the starting quarterback, he hasn't even had to see a fourth quarter. 
And by the way, Hurts has played the past four games, so. Uh, I thought he could play up to four games. Yeah, but if he plays another one, there's no red shirt. That's well. They play a rinky dink team next. Who, Louisiana Lafayette or something? No, it's, it's, I think it's a raging Cajun. It's the University of Louisiana. And so, like, I don't know if we're going to keep playing Hurts. They're going to play him. And what has a backup quarterback? He's a team player. And that's all I'll say about that. I, I don't know. I, you know, I think I'd want the red shirt for two more years. I would it? too. I'd be like, get in there. I'm just shaking my head side to side. No, I'm not going in. I, I, I don't even make it to the next game. I'm just like, transfer Monday. Yeah. yeah it, it, that may happen. I, mean, I doubt it, but it could. Probably not. He's Ooh. probably just going to announce he's going to transfer and figure it out. Yeah. What team? Let's talk about what recently just happened at the Emmys. Yes. Well, Donald Glover, he has a show called Atlanta, the excellent. It's excellent. It comes on FX. And he's had two seasons so far. But in the second season, he has his character told Teddy Perkins. He played. Teddy. It's kind of like a weird Michael Jackson. Just weird. Awkward. It's a weird episode. That's why I love, I love Atlanta. This episode really creeped me out. Because the whole time I was hollering at Hayfield... And he's the guy trying to buy the piano on this episode. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Yeah. All he wants is, is Teddy. All he wants is Teddy's piano. Yeah. And but that. it is so... Awkward. Awkward, man. It makes you cringe. Just like worse than awkward. It's, it's worse than the office weird. It's awkward. It's more awkward than that. It's just one of those... It's cringy, man. It's just one of those ordinary episodes just coming out of the blue like... We ain't following the normal characters here. Yeah, yeah. We're just following one that goes see this weird guy. I'm like, get out of the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and that was my thought was I had been you know I thought yeah, I was been, halfway following it. Following with Paperboy. And yeah, and we were following this kind of main character, and then like here's this, and I'm like, oh my, what? When we gonna get to those other guys? Or <laughs> what about everybody else in this show? Who is this weird guy? Oh, gosh. But anyway, at the Emmys, this character showed up and sat in the seat around all the other celebrities. And I heard <laughs> they was... They wasn't feeling it, really. They were not into it. I don't know if Donald Glover played him or what, but I heard he played that character on the show and I could see it. That was what was crazy about the whole thing was... Wasn't there a picture taken like with Donald Glover and Teddy Perkins? Yeah, like, together? that's what throws me off. Is, And then on top of that, they made a big deal about when that episode was filmed that no one knew who Teddy Perkins was. Didn't nobody? I knew didn't it was, know until like... No, nobody knew it was, it was Glover. Like, wouldn't that make the, the scene awkward enough? And by the way, if you don't know, go watch the episode. And then like, you're acting... Who is it? That's just fun. If I was a celebrity, I'd be like, <laughs> who, who are you? 
this creepy Michael Jackson guy sitting in my or yeah, that's what, it, that's what it reminded me. I don't know if that's what he was going for. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah. I don't know. He talks soft. Say, hey, would you like some prune juice? I do. Step outside the college boy and you see him in the window up there waving him in. Come back here. Come. Yeah. Come. 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 come just get out of there, dude. That's a, just watch all the show. Yeah. Yeah, watch Atlanta. It's a good show, man. It's one of the best things out right now. Another episode later on that season called Fubu where it's uh, Charles Gambino, Donald Glover's character when he's a kid. It's like, you remember Fubu? Are we talking about the clothing company? Yeah. Yes. Well, they had like a football jersey. I didn't know they had that. Donald Glover's character got a FUBU jersey, and this other guy got a FUBU jersey. It was brand new. And they're all all the classmates like, oh, he got that new stuff. Look at this new FUBU jersey. Then they're like, oh, so-and-so got it too. Oh, his is a little different though. Somebody got a bootleg. And the whole episode is about like that. Who got the fake jersey? Ain't that what high school's all about? Yeah. Man? I mean, that, that, yeah, I remember that, man. <laughs> if you wear the polo, you better have the real Ralph Lauren. Yeah. You Look at those fake Jordans. You don't want the fake. Ah, man, get over yourself. Atlanta's a great show. If you haven't watched it yet, it's one of the best things on television right now. And on top of that, Donald Glover is a phenomenal artist as Childish Gambino. And by the way, the way that we opened this segment up, he wrapped off of Stranger Things, and that's a mashup. What we opened this segment up with, and we didn't feature his rap. Eh, check it out. Unique. You. Your phone's dying. My phone. Your phone is dying. My Finish phone it. is trying to. There you go. It's pulled up. How now, brown cow? How now, brown cow? Okay. <clears throat> go. Oh man. Hey, we're gonna talk about some Seth Rogen and James Franco for a minute and dig off into something that is unknown to fans such as. Ourselves until recently, extra credits, yeah, special features, all that. What were these special feature scenes? What just what went down? There's a lot of Stormy Daniels in these movies. There's three movies, they're the most important ones, too. It's 40 Year Old Virgin, it's Knocked Up, and it's Pineapple Express. And then in Pineapple Express, you wasn't even in the actual film. It was a special yeah, feature. Yeah, it was a special feature. He had to get like a two disc, maybe. She was Red's wife when he got famous. So like, all those scenes in Red's house when he was talking about his wife, he wasn't... That's Stormy Daniels. He wasn't lying. He's waiting for his wife to get out of prison. Yeah. That I always thought it was a bullcrap, but I, I mean, he's he, waiting on her. He was actually waiting on the storm. Cut the cake for that cat. Yeah, he was cutting the cake, <laughs> and so <laughs> that just makes that, that just makes Bones and Harmony Crossroads playing in the background, and this dude's over here dying. He's dying. He's bleeding. But he's out. got a bowl of ramen noodles half eaten mm-hmm. and like two wine coolers or yeah. something. The details. <laughs> and, yeah, and that's 
And just, just look at all the little things that are going on. I thought hurricane season was over. This is uh, my second favorite architect. Yeah. Right behind the guy who invented the Golden Gate Bridge. Is Pineapple Express your favorite like movie from that group of people? Seth Rogen and Frank. Uh, it's kind of hard, man. Because so like knocked up. That's the thing about Seth Rogen and James Franco for me is knocked up. They, they, they like, can't do any wrong to me. Like knocked up was like it was forty year old virgin that put them on the map a little bit. Then it was knocked up a bunch of their little connection actors. I was watching knocked up today. Do what? Was you over that? I was watching knocked up today. Oh no! Yeah, it was on TV today, and I was watching. I was like. Yeah, you know, I forgot how good this movie was. Yeah, it's a bunch of their friends from uh, Freaks and Geeks. That's where a bunch of them came from. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and throw out a prediction right now for uh, Best Feature Film in next year's Oscar. I predict that uh, A Star is Born is going to win it. Starring uh, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, directed by Bradley Cooper. This is the third time this film's been made. But from the previews I saw, it looks uh, looks pretty good. Like the style and everything. I have seen the previews. I'm hooked. And he's directing the show, so I'm excited about seeing where he is. I'm glad to see where John Krasinski is since, you know, The Office. Yeah. In a quiet, quiet place. place. And I, I got faith in these guys. And so I'm excited to see what's, what's going to happen with this. And so this will be something that I will definitely be watching. A star is born. born. Yep. Anything else you just want to add about that? Nah. I mean, like, it's just the way I see this preview, it looks like it's going to win all the award. But you never know. There's a lot of stuff going to come out around from here to the end of the year. Get category up. That's the way they do it. It's like football. It you know really is like, like football. You can't put it out at the beginning of the year, then Oscars come up at the, like February or whatever, January. You gotta like keep it fresh on the mind. Yeah, you really need to have something toward the end of the season. Yeah. What you been watching on Netflix? Other than what I'm already on. Tell me a little bit more about what I should be. Oh, you should be definitely watching Ozark season two. I mean, if you ain't watched it all, you gotta start with season one, of course. And American Vandal, you can start with season two on that show because it's like different every time, but it, you need to start with it. Season one. And so just for those who are listening for myself who don't know anything about Ozark, unload that a little bit. Give us a give us a little bit of a synopsis, if you would. It's a show that takes dedication. It, it my favorite show ever probably is Breaking Bad. And it's kinda in that realm to me. It's like the dude the regular guy that is like putting in a predicament where he's got to be gangster. He owes, like, the Mexican cartel some money. He has to move away to the Ozarks, Missouri. Missouri. Just country Missouri. on that river. He laundries money, and uh, he starts all these little businesses with his wife. It's crazy. And Jason Bateman is knocking out of the park as a character. All right, all right so that's Ozark. <laughs> and so you were talking a little bit more about Vandals. American Vandal. American Vandal. You ever heard of How to Make a Murder on Netflix, that documentary show? I have. You have? 
I yeah. haven't watched it, but I've heard oh, it. It came out like three years ago or so. It was a dude that came from a sketchy background in Wisconsin. He got out of prison. They, the jury set him free after a year's sentence. And they always had problems with his family. Then they like connect him to this other murder when he gets set free. Was he framed or was he not? But American Vandal is kind of in that same realm, the way they make it. It's a fake show. But it's a documentary, like, it's real. First episode, I mean, the first season, somebody drew penals, hang downs, spray painted on the teacher staff <laughs> parking lot. <laughs> I like how you put it. And not to mention on American Vandals, by the way, the first season, the guy <laughs> starring is a YouTube star. It's a whole lot of making fun. It's reality. But it's, it's, a, it's like a reality thing. It's life imitating art. Yeah, yeah. And that's why it's so much fun. Nate, he's been on the show. He was the guy that introduced me to this. American, we used to watch it on a lunch break, man. American Vandal is... It's really well I haven't made. checked out season two. It's the brown owl. All right, well, let's move the show on into music. Instead of just featuring artists, I know a lot of people don't just listen to radio anymore. No. But if you are in this area, let's say Columbus... Mississippi, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, Birmingham, the Tupelo, and the Golden Triangle of West Point, Starkville. 911 is a really great college station coming right out of Starkville, and they play a lot of different music. And on top of that, 999, The Fox, hey, it ain't a bad place to hang out while you work. And on top of that, 1017, and this is what I always found crazy about the genre, and this takes me back to Jet. And they had a song called Radio Song. And one of the main lyrics in the song is, this won't be a song played on your radio. And that was the whole thing about alternative music, is the fact that it wouldn't be played on your radio. Yeah. <laughs> and now we have stations such as 101.7, and it's... Alternative music. It's alternative music, and I'm so glad where we are, but... At the same time, that was the whole point of Alternative. This was something you just going to know. This is something you went to a music festival, and this is something me and you have both experienced. Yeah. That's it's just going out to a Bonnaroo or going out to a Memphis May or just a Voodoo Fest or whatever it is. and just or Maybe it's just a Tuesday or Thursday night out of the week, and we just went and saw somebody we, didn't, we weren't real familiar yeah. with. It's way more access now. Yeah. 911 and 101.7, they do a great job of bringing some of the alternative music that are that has been represented in the area that yeah, is on outside tour. the realm for this local area and it's really bringing relevance to some of the music that's coming around here that uh, may not be getting so much play like just recently last week Thursday night went and saw Portugal the Man in Birmingham 1017 was the only radio station in the area that was advertising the fact that Portugal the Man was coming and this band is not something that's new. Yeah, I've heard of them. They've been oh, around no. for over seven years. And they have Phillips Steel. Oh, I'm a rebel just for kicks, yeah. Okay, yeah. so, and and they, they have uh, Live in the Moment. They have a lot of hit songs. And I didn't know a whole lot about the band other than that, but I just decided that I want to go see them live. Yeah. Was this spur of the moment? It was. I decided the day. Cool. I decided the day of, like one on one seven. I had it, you know, as I was throughout the work day making deliveries, and 
they broadcasted over the radio and it was around lunchtime when I decided I was like, you know what? If I get off work today at a decent time, I'm gonna try to go. Did and I did. It? I can't say that I love it, but I, I really, I really enjoyed myself, man. And it ran the day a lot better. Yeah, yeah. And just got off work, got home, took a shower, changed clothes, rushed up there, picked up a friend, and drove to Birmingham, went to see the show, and dude. It was great because like there it's was a this, memory. Yeah, there was this line there because they were having technical issues. By the way, it was like a rainy night, and uh, they weren't we they weren't letting people in. It was the outside venue for it was the Avondale yeah. Brewery in Birmingham, and they weren't letting people in because of sound issues. And I was like, well, number one, you you're, you're missing out on money. Avondale Brewing. Well, obviously you sell alcohol. There are a lot of people in this line that would love to buy alcohol. Whether or not you were playing music at the time, you're missing out on the sales. When the show started, I didn't mind so much that there was a delay. It was like the anticipation really yeah. met the expectation. I'd rather them fix it than just go on crappy. And so, check out the way that they came on. In the background, they had like the, you know, projector. Yeah. They had projector image and then they started playing audio off of that. And it was the Beavis and Butthead off of Portugal the Man. Oh, yeah. Feel it still. <laughs> completely clowning on the Feel It Still video and when it got halfway through Beavis and Butthead made like a really profound statement about Portugal Man and it was like but wait a minute what if all these things we didn't see or think they understand it really makes Portugal the Man <laughs> the greatest band ever Fire. And then they opened the show by covering the Metallica song, and I don't know the name of it, but it was the intro to Zombie. It was the 80s. It was the 80s Metallica. Good Metallica. Whatever the intro to Zombie Land was. And so it was a dope Metallica song, and they played that for about three minutes. And then by this time, and the crowd was really getting into it, man. We were all having a great time. Yeah. And then they busted off into some of their own songs. And like I said, I wasn't real familiar with the band, but it was easy to get familiar. It was something easy to get into. Yeah. And then like three, Especially four songs live. in, because we were under like a weather advisory, they went ahead and got Feel It Still out of the way. And it was two and a half minutes of music. And so it's a short song. And I was really hoping that they would extend it by like doing some solo leads. And by the way, did you know that the lead guitarist is a paraplegic? He's in a wheelchair? No. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Portugal the Man, uh, they're from Alaska. They've been around a lot longer than I was aware of. The lead guitarist is in a wheelchair. They're some warriors. They are, man. And so uh, From Alaska. It was worth it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it was a Thursday night. Yeah, it was just something I heard on the radio that day, and I didn't know if she would be down. I just called her like on my lunch break, and I was like, hey, there's a show in Birmingham tonight. And so and I was like, well, I love Portugal the Man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't know if she did or not, but <laughs> I was like, you want to go to the show? I did mean, she? Hmm? Did she like Portugal the Man? Yeah. She knew Phyllis still. Oh. Uh, when is it ever on? a bad time to see a show? When, yeah. is, it, when is it ever just bad? Did you go out? Yeah. Like I heard the radio ad that day, and I was like, "Yeah, Might you know well. what? If if the day shapes up just right, Might as well. When I get home, I'm gonna get my ticket, and I'm gonna go. And you know what? I'm gonna extend the invitation. I'm gonna get two tickets, and I'm just gonna have a good time. 
my two favorite songs by Portugal Man, they're only like two and a half minutes long. And then they were playing yeah. a whole lot of other songs I wasn't aware of. And I mean, they were, it was a good band. What was that place they played at? It was Avondale Brewery in Birmingham. What's it like? Dude, it was the outside venue, but they also had the inside, like, um, if I'm not mistaken, and it's I probably right. am. Two years ago, I went and saw City and Color in Birmingham, and I want to say it was on the inside of this building. But the outside that they have, you can easily fit 250, 300 people comfortably. Yeah. And they have enough urinals, and they have enough venues set up to where if you want to get a refreshment, something to eat, whatever you needed. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. really well run, and they got a great patio that'll fit about 50, 200 people, and you can kind of sit down on the patio under the lights. You know, they got the little trees set up. It's a nice venue, man. And it was cool to see a band like Portugal the Man in a in a venue like that. It, it's it, it felt campy, is it? Yeah. Is it? Just, it's and comforting. Yeah. I, I'm I'm with my people. I like this 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 <sighs> mood lighting. And, and on top of that, it was easy to have a conversation while I was in line or while I was waiting on the show to start. I mean, th- these were people in common. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're like Portugal the Man, ain't like they're from even Portugal bon the Man Jovi. Band, yeah. And what's so crazy is like these were people that had tickets to Sloth's Fest. And yeah. Remember, me and you, what we were saying was that we wanted to go to Sloth's Fest just to see who? RK Fire? RKS and RK Fire. We wanted yeah, to see Rainbow Kid Surprise and we wanted to see RK Fire. And guess what? We did a great thing by not going because most of the bands. At Sloth's Fest got rained out. Oh, Rainbow couldn't surprise him to get to play. Oh, that's garbage. And so I was sitting here talking to these people before the show started, and I was like, well, oh, you got a Sloth's Furnace? You know, and you know me. Yeah. I don't know a stranger. I'll talk to anybody. Yes. And uh, and I was like, oh, man, Sloth's Furnace. I was like, well, tell me a little bit about that. And I, and on top of that, I just heard them like, over my shoulder talking about, I've seen Portugal with the man before. And I was like... Well, tell me a little bit more about that as well. I was like, did I just pay money to see a good show? And they were like, well, you know, Sloss Fest was good, but we didn't get our money's worth because a lot was rained out and they didn't give refunds. And Portugal the Man, yeah, yeah you, you definitely played. did yourself a service by being here because tonight is going to be a great night. I mean, on top of like, it was like an hour and a half, two hour delay. I had to work the next day. I had to work on Friday, but I didn't get out of Birmingham. It was like, 11.30 or midnight. I didn't get home till like 2, 2.30. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you said, it was a memory and it was like just spontaneous and it You'll was, it was worth it. it. I have a brand new respect for Portugal, man. Alaskans. Yeah, I know that. I know the, <laughs> that the guitars played in wheelchairs, bears. right? I have a fear of bears. So <laughs> oh, here we go. Mad props to the Alaskans. Yeah, dog. They dealing with them bears every day. Could not imagine. And so I wanted to recommend some stations on YouTube. And by the way, NPR is... What does NPR not cover, by the way? They, I mean, they, they're literally in everything, but... They did it. Tiny Desk, don't they? NPR Tiny Desk. That is what I want to tell you. It's like they do, as far as, if you want to go country, Chris Stapleton. If you want to go rap, R&B, they'll have like Jacob Banks and some of those cats. So they cover... A really wide range. They do. Tiny Dance, Tyler the Creator. So yeah, Tyler the Creator. It's yeah. kind of an acoustic setting to me. Yeah, and, and what's so great about it's it is like it's it feels like everything is really crammed and it feels extremely. It feels intimate. like they're in your living room to me. Yeah, and I think that's what they're going for. 
And so the next thing I wanted to bring up is jamming the band. I, I picked up on the revivalist really late. I found the revivalist through jamming the band and I didn't hear Wish I Knew You first. Yeah. I heard like some of their jamming the band things first and this is was after like Wish I Knew You was out for like two or three years. And so I'm not sitting here telling you it's like, oh I am the the hipster of hipsters finding this brand new music bow before me. Yeah. No, no, this is this is not it. And so, Jamming the Van does a really good job of bringing indie music to life. And I mean, just the atmosphere that they bring in. If you have time to sit down and watch it, Austin City Limits. Tell us a little bit more about that cop. Where I find a bunch of bands, I hear them in my earbuds, and I don't get it. Then I see them live on Austin City Limits. I don't know, like Radiohead, RK Fire. Like, I kind of liked them. Then I seen them live on Austin City Limits, and like, especially Radiohead with some DJ stuff, like, boop, 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 all that craziness. Yeah. And, and um, RK Fire with their 20 member band, <laughs> what it seems like. And that's the thing about like Radiohead is I've been covering Radiohead for years, man, over 10 years, like playing, yeah. you know, coffee shops, bars, or just playing over at a private party or wherever and I always play Creep get booed a lot of no 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 no, no. that is a song that people know about Creep yeah no or oh, they don't know it's it at like, all I get Radiohead yeah, hates yeah. Creep yeah yeah but the thing about Radio, you will never hear Radiohead play Creep live he hates that song and that is the song that is the way I always introduce people to Radiohead and, and oh I know them yeah 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 but a lot of people Do don't like know? Radiohead outside of that. So if you checked out Austin City Limits, and by the way, if you're like a country fan, like maybe Jason Isbell, or if Arcade Fire, maybe if Indie Alternative is really your thing, this is a, a different way because Austin City Limits has been doing it for years. They probably got uh, artists we don't even know Jim that James we wouldn't Exactly, in. and this is why I'm bringing these stations up. There's a station called One on One Cellular... Sessions, um, these two have been a great way for me to find new singer-songwriters. This is like them like recording down at wine cellars with all the barrels lined up. Yeah. And so there's like a really cool acoustic about it. And so these are really cool. KCRW, that is out west. Uh, it's like Oregon, Seattle area, Washington. KCRW has really brought in like they don't really have night sweats, and they're really bringing in the, the bands that are really relevant today. And So, this has been another episode of Porch Talk. Kyle, thank you once again for sitting in with me. No problem, man. And until next time, I don't even know where that come from. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> All right, to clean things up, we left more bloopers uh, throughout the show than what we normally would. And, Left a lot of things that would normally get cut in and hoping to maybe do a compilation and release some of those rants down the road. We'll see how that goes. Uh, as far as props and credits to deal for the UFC, he brought up a lot of good points and that kind of helped drive the conversation about the UFC that we had. T-Bone and college football, those were his statements about Army. In episodes gone by, I've done a poor job in introducing the music that's been played at the end, whose it is, and uh, what's the name of it. So the last episode, it was Little Black Submarine by the Black Keys, and I'll do a better job of that. So tonight is an original tune. This one is called Georgia. So there you go.
Georgia, she's on my mind It ain't the place, it's the state of mind She'll be walking out of my life here soon I don't know what I should do What I should do Baby, stay with me Oh, let's just be I missed you once, don't wanna do it again Georgia She's on my mind Telling you now she's electricity Lights up my world, Lord, she's in my veins So it won't be long, it'll be growing dark I have to find a way to carry on All oh, to carry on Baby, you stay with me Come on, let's just be Well, I missed you once, don't wanna do it again Come on, Georgia You on my mind You on my mind